You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon to all, whatever the case may be, as I'm here in a... I mean, it, we, we, here in California, hate to make you guys in the East feel jealous. Hopefully, maybe it's getting better for you. But uh, it was 82 or 83 degrees yesterday, and they're expecting another scorcher today. Uh, it was absolutely beautiful. And uh, I'm back from my trip. I was uh, attending the Global Pet Expo. This is now going back a week and a half ago in Orlando, Florida. I had a chance to meet up with some of our other hosts here on Pet Life Radio, Michelle Fern was there with Best Pets for Pets. Megan Blake with Super Smiley Adventure. Jody Miller has a show that's called Bark and Swagger that's around. But Jamie Amigdalis has a new show called Pets Mean Business. That'll be a good one. So tune in for Pets Mean Business. And also a new show coming up, Jill Rappaport talking about shelter pets and rescues, something right up my alley as well. And after the trade show, I had a chance to go straight to Orlando, try to find a flight that does that, straight to Park City, Utah, and spent a few days on the amazing slopes in Park City. It was absolutely gorgeous. Total spring scam. And there were people out there skiing and snowboarding in uh, shorts and no shirts. Uh, guys, of course. And uh, it, was, uh, it was very warm and very gorgeous. And then had to come back to reality at my hospital and had a good week. And um, interesting, last Sunday, uh, we got an email from a listener. And um, basically, it is a question for a doctor. He wanted to know how to get a hold of Dr. Jeff. Uh, he goes by just JB. And um, so JB had a really uh, interesting question. Uh, they have a dog, and they were in the process of adding another puppy to the mix and wanted to know some tips or suggestions how the best way to go about it. And what's interesting is, first of all, it's a great question, JB. Thanks for calling in. We need you to call back in and give your um, email or your, your address information. We want to send you out a ProSense pet product as well as a Kong toy as hosts of our show, because without our hosts, we won't, we won't be here to uh, talk to you every week, to hopefully give you some good advice, to, to be a sounding board. You can call in and ask me questions. In fact, let's get to that real fast. If you want to get a hold of me, please do so. It's painless. Ask JB. He, just, he sent me. I got an alert on my phone. I got to back to him in, in like two minutes. So that's how easy it is. 877-385-8882. Just pick up your phone. Once again, toll free. 877-385-8882. And just ask me anything. Dogs and cats, I'll probably give you an answer this instant. Anything else, I may be able to give you an answer. If not, I'm going to get an answer for you. I will talk to a, my respective colleagues, and we will go from there. And um, we'll uh, kind of make sure we want to help you, give you information, help you sift through all the data that's out there. An unbelievable amount of data is out there. Why? Because of the Internet. We call it the World Wide Web. And though the Internet is a great source of information, Unfortunately, it's a huge source of misinformation. And, and I wouldn't always say misinformation like the information is wrong, but a lot of times you go on the internet and it directs you to spaces, to places, as far as the diagnosis, as far as the treatment that are sort of out there on the fringes, number one. Or, or what the internet likes to do is kind of what they do in school. When you're in a teaching hospital in veterinary school, you are getting some pretty bizarre cases. And I mentioned this before many times, and the reality is, the truth of the matter is that when you're in practice, when you take your pet to your local veterinarian, chances are 
the problem at hand is not one of those on the fringe. Chances are it's the more, more typical problem that we see every single day. So A, we're not going to panic, and B, we're going to be a lot more practical in our approach to the case because we are going to treat first and rule out first the much more common issues than we are, are going to the more esoteric, rare instances on these diseases that you might, might see once in an entire practice career. I, if I can mention diseases that, that I know a lot of these people, these veterinarians are looking for that you probably haven't heard of and I may have heard of only in textbook and things that you just don't see. Or if you do see, it's extremely rare. So purpose of our show is to help you sort of go through all the possibilities. Let's get the more common things listed first. Let's rule out the more common things. So call and ask me questions. And if, at best, at best, I can just maybe modify an approach that your veterinarian may be taking. Maybe not. Maybe you're going to a veterinarian like I am and, and uh, likes to be, you know, look at the problem, look at the more likely solutions and just take it step at a time. One step, let's rule in the more common or rule out the more common. If it's not that, let's go to the next one. Not that, let's go to the next one. Let's get you an answer, but in a practical approach. One that's not going to rob you, one that's not going to break your bank. And just that's a, just a better approach to medicine. So anyway, so JB asked this question, and the question was, they are getting a new dog, a new puppy, and they are concerned, knowing and judging from the behavior of the resident dog, that how to best make this introduction positive. And by the way, the information that we're going to talk about right now is no different than introducing new people into the house, introducing a new baby into the house. I get this all the time, and the mechanics are the same. And whether it is a new baby, whether it's a new puppy, a new kitty, uh, a new person, a new boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, right now there's a relationship that's been established between the resident dog and everybody else. So what we need to do is sort of plan an approach, plan an attack, and make some sense out of it and make it practical for your pet and for you. And most of the often, we are doing things wrong. The natural inclination, I'm going to leave you with this. We have a caller on the line. I want to get to that caller, and we can put this on hold for a second. But most people think about, and their approach, before you reason this out with me, we're going to do it in just a second, is wrong. So that's the funny part from my perspective, is the natural first step, knee-jerk reflex, is wrong. So I'm going to leave that in your minds while you're thinking about what is where we're talking about here, and we are going to go to the caller. Hello, caller. You're on the line with Dr. Yeah. Jeff. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? My name is Jane. Yes, Hi, Jane. I can hear you. Can you? Absolutely. Hi. I have a 15-month-old black lab. Oh, I love labs. Oh, she's beautiful, but she's scared. Okay. And she's really scared of people. Um, and I've realized black people, anything black, like I had her in the yard this morning and there's ducks and the white ducks came up and she was fine. And a black duck came up and she went nuts. How okay. can I calm the dog down and not have her be so scared of, you know, sometimes she'll walk and sometimes she won't. She's scared of other people. Now, there's some dogs she likes to play with. Mm -hmm. When she has her tail between her legs, what does that mean? Usually when they show between the leg, they are frightened. I don't think a Labrador would be a fear biter, but it's something to watch for. Now, let me ask you a okay. question. 15 months old. Have you had yes. her since she's a little puppy? Or did you adopt My her? daughter has, yes. My daughter's had her for a year, and now she just gave her to me. Okay. So usually when, when there is a fear, especially a fear that doesn't quite make sense, there had to have been at some point in her little 15-month-old life, 
an experience that scared her. And what's so interesting, let me me give you add something to that. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense, but I'll explain why. Let's say, for example, something happened that hurt her or frightened her. And when Mm -hmm. she looked up and she looked up from this incident, whatever it was, there was a black person nearby, an African-American. Okay. So what happened? The association, this person had nothing to do with it. But the association is there. So it doesn't always mean that an African-American or someone of dark skin actually came up to her and beat her. It means that something happened. She may have done something as simple as slipping off of a curb in the rain. And then right next to her coming, walking towards her was an African-American or someone of color. Right. Right. Now she's afraid. So first we have to get that but under she, control. So go ahead. She's afraid of other people, other things, though, not just blacks. But I've noticed okay. at my house, she's really afraid of blacks. How do we get her to be not afraid of, you know, just of, walking of around, just get her? Yeah, we thought maybe she was a fighter, you know, dog that was, you know, how they train dogs down in Florida. They have them fight. We thought maybe right. something right. like, like that bait, happened to her. Dog. But it's, I don't know. A bait dog, yes. But totally I Totally possible. Totally possible. So... The basic approach to these behavior problems are something, two things. We actually call it, we want to desensitize, first of all, and we want to counter condition. What does that mean? That means that right now there is a stimulus that is frightening her. We need to start minimizing the stimulus by, in a sense, pardon the pun, color coding it to the point where she's getting it in lesser doses and... Then we're going to counter condition her to actually like it. So we're going to take something. So let me give you a perfect example. We got, and by the way, when we are talking about behavior modification, there are a number of approaches. One that has fallen way out of favor. One that a particular non-certified behavior, non-veterinarian has been promoting in his show on National Geographic. That's about the best I can say. That's called flooding. We do what not do flooding. Flooding is this. All I, right. I, I give you a perfect example of what flooding is. You take a person who has a fear of flying, okay? And I mean right. a real fear. I mean a fear that their blood pressure goes up. They will literally, you know what, in their pants. They are right. frightened to death. And flooding right. would be the following. A pilot who's got a little Piper Cub or a little Cessna two-seater takes this guy up, straps him in the seat, and goes into the Grand Canyon and starts flying right. literally right at the walls, right at the mountainside. And then at the very oh, last scary. second, yeah. he pulls up right. and then he, then he turns and he squeals and, and goes through all of this stuff. And meanwhile, this poor right. guy in the, in the other seat is literally losing it. And then finally right. lands the plane and he said, you see, you see, you didn't die. You see, yeah. you should be afraid. Yeah. That right. doesn't work. The studies have okay. shown that the damage, the emotional damage, the physical damage way, way outweighs the fact that of okay. the, the initial fear. So what we need to do okay. is take a whole different new approach, which is desensitization and counter-conditioning. In essence, what we're going to okay. do is take this beautiful dog of yours, and we are right. going to identify some of the triggers. We are going to soften those triggers, and not only just soften them, but we are going to associate them with something that, as a Labrador, and I am a Labrador guy, and I have two right now, mm-hmm. and I've had dozens in 40 years. I've only, I mean, I have other dogs too, but it's always been labs as well. Right. I know Labradors are pretty food motivated. My Labradors will eat anything that's not bolted down or doesn't eat them first. Right. So 
Okay. So typically, you could use food to your advantage when you're dealing with a lab. So what you're going to do is now you're going to take this watered-down version of whatever it is, and you are going to turn it into something good. So let me give you an an example. Let's say the dark skin is something that is frightening her. Why? We have no idea. So we are going to start identifying friends of yours, whether they're Cuban. You said you're down in Florida? Right. Yeah. Okay. So Cuban or South American, Central American, whether they are Indian, just people of darker skin than you – Okay. Okay. And you are going to withhold her favorite treat. Let's say, just for example, it's a piece of hot dog. Just an example. So for the next several weeks, she doesn't get any more piece of hot dog from you. However, okay. you are going to think about people you work with, people you're friends with, people your friends are friends with, and you're going to start having these people of slightly darker skin. And you're going to okay. grade it. First, it's going to be very light brown skin. And then it's going to go to darker brown skin. Then it could have gone to me after my sunning sitting in the sun yesterday because I'm pretty tan right now. And then you Mm -hmm. continue to get darker and darker and small doses, but every time... What's her name, by the way? Her name is Kona. Kona. K-O-N-A. Right. Kona. Kona. And you're going to have them (laughs) give those treats. And you're going to make it fun. And Kona is going to come and she's going to see that bag of hot dogs and she's actually going to come to them. To get her treat. Okay. Well, you know, this morning, I had funny thing in the night, she, we went to sleep early. So I woke up in the night and I thought, you know, maybe she has to go to the bathroom. I brought her outdoors and the sprinklers were on and she loved it. Okay. She played in the sprinklers. Then today I brought her outside. Yeah. And then the neighbor came over with her black dog and the neighbor is very, very gentle with dogs. And we got her to finally nuzzle up to the black dog. And we gave her uh, jerky, and she good. loved it. And so and then we told her she was a good dog. Right. And that's Is that right? Absolutely right. And never so say do the same, bad dog. All right. ne- and do the same thing with people, exactly. even if they're white or whatever, that she's Correct. afraid of. And what you're going to do is right. you're going you're gonna to use a terminology that I like. You can use anything you want. But, Kona, let's go find a friend. Let's go find a friend. And so now here's what's going to happen. The term find a friend or whatever you decide to use. And these people and the treats start all going together. She's going to get food reward, great Labrador food motivated. She's going to find a friend. She's going to learn that whatever she was afraid of, she will no longer okay. be afraid of. And not only will it's she not be afraid, but she's going to look forward to it. She's going to be walking with you, and she's going to see someone who's a little darker than you are. And she's going to run up to them, and you're going to, hoping she's going to get her treat. So, Or... So, any people. I mean, and, I just know I for anybody. me, yeah, she's afraid of anybody, but here at my house, black people especially. Okay. So, so that's, so that's what anybody. you need to do. We need to just okay. do, and you have to ask, and again, I always, when you're dealing with behavior modification, you have to ask right. your friends, your neighbors for participation. Say, I know, guys, this right. is going to be so crazy, but you know what? I'm working on Kona. When you come yeah. over right at my front door, you see a little yeah. piece but of you know, piece of cut dog. All my, almost all my neighbors are, have dogs, so right. that's pretty much not an issue. That's yeah, great. They understand, and I've told them. So in the ducks, too, the first, she actually, at my daughter's, she used to chase the seagulls. Well, here, I had her in the yard, and she was on a leash, but she didn't try to get away. She was on a chain. She right. sat and watched the ducks because right. I told her she was a good dog and gave her a treat. Now, exactly. Where and normally she would have chased them. 
Okay. Right. And, all right. And what you have to do is, and again, first of all, another thing I remember about Labrador, just like the Australian shepherds and like, the and the border collies are natural herders. They do the agility. They are so good at it. That's what they do. Labradors are hunters. They're hunting dogs. That's why they're used yeah, so much for hunting. Hunter, so that's why so, she chases them. Of course. Okay. So you, so you got to just keep that in mind. But I will tell you, since the ducks can't actively participate in our desensitization counter conditioning game, you have to be there for it. So when you see the duck, oh, look, Kona, a duck. Oh, my God. Good girl. Sit. Good. Yes. And you give her the treat. And you say, oh, yeah. my God, you're such a good girl. So the whole idea yeah. is dogs learn from positive reinforcement. They okay. most, hopefully, many at least, are, are very treat motivated, and you can use those things to your advantage. And nothing about treats. Let me just, you know, a lot of people don't like using treats in training. I'm not one of them, but I will say this very, very small amounts. Dogs do not appreciate or understand volume, they appreciate the so act of getting tiny bit. I'm yeah. talking tiny okay. bit. Not only that, not only that, okay. that the smaller you amount you give them, the more they're going to want more. I mean, I am I am an ice cream nut. I mean, back in the day, when I, could, <laughs> yeah, right, right. I would sit down with a pint of Haagen-Dazs, and I'd polish that thing off in, in 10 minutes. Right. Now, I couldn't get to the second pint, but if I only had a little teeny spoonful each bite, I'm going to want to keep right. going. So the whole right. idea is give them small amounts and let them appreciate it, always coupled. Always, whenever you give a treat, it's always coupled with, oh, you're such a good girl, Coney, you're so good, petting her. Because pretty soon, pretty soon, that petting and good girl is going to replace the treat. She's going to get the same satisfaction. We call it operant conditioning, whether it's a clicker, whether it's a good girl, whether, whatever it is. The association will be that she will derive the same pleasure of the good girl, okay. good girl, pat on the head, hug and kiss that she would yeah. had she gotten the treat itself. And the same thing getting her off my sofa. I've only had uh, to get yes. her off once. Right. And I put her, her bed down and I told her to get on that and she did. So I gave her a little treat. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. All right. All right. All right. Thank Jane, thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. And yes. Good luck with Kona. She I sounds adorable. It. And then make sure to stay in line and give, give the office. Give us a call. In fact, why don't you send a picture along to Mark over at uh, Pet Life Radio and also make sure we get your address. We'll send oh. you out a really great Kong toy and a ProSense product for Kona. Our producer answers the phone. Just give him all your info. Okay. He'll tell you. Yeah. How. Okay? okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks all right. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. So, um, that's a great question, guys, and, and, and just also all you know to understand that we are really moving towards operant conditioning, counter conditioning, a desensitization. You know, the art of behavior has become a discipline correct now in modern veterinary medicine. There are actually many doctors out there, friends and colleagues of mine, that have opted to do a three- or four-year residency after veterinary school, after many of them because it's a newer thing, working in the field for several years as general practitioners, to become board-certified veterinary behaviorists. And if you talk to any of our behavior people, listen to Arden Moore here on Obehave, you will hear that the techniques that are being used today are way different than the ones of 30 years ago. And we have to respect that. We have to make our changes. We have to learn. And now that we can actually test dogs and cats and animals in general, their psyche, if you will, their cortisol levels, their stress levels, the firing of the nerves in their brain, we know how to approach their behavior issues and what we can do successfully to modify their behaviors. Most of the behaviors that we see in animals are natural, instinctive behaviors. So this poor Kona probably had some, some experience that really frightened her, and she's not dumb. 
So she's saying, wow, I am not going to let that happen to me again. So therefore, she starts this behavior. And now we need to soften. We need to modify the behavior. So it's very important to understand where these behaviors come from, what stimulated Was there anything unusual? As a matter of fact, if you do have a behavior problem and you end up going to a board-certified behaviorist or a behaviorist, a veterinary behaviorist, or just a behaviorist in general, someone who really understands the principles of behavior, your first visit is going to be a long one. Why? Because you're going to be filling out a history that it's, it's going to be pages long because there's nothing, there's no stone that cannot be unturned. We, we have to go and explore all the possibilities, all the experiences that this dog has had or pet has had, all of the changes that may have taken place because we don't know often or easily what that factor was. And we have to determine it because that's what we have to work on. And I can tell you story after story about how things have been done years ago and how things are being done now. And it's a huge difference. So Real quickly, boy, this time goes so fast. It's already at that point. We have to kind of say goodbye. But I really want to get to finish up with that question about how to introduce a new baby, a new puppy, a new friend into a home with a resident dog to avoid resentment. And I told you that most of us, most of us instinctively do the wrong thing. So I'm really curious to know, and this is how we're going to leave you. I'm going to leave you thinking for the week, and you're going to call me next week at 877-385-8882. You're going to join in on the conversation here at drjeff at petliferadio.com, or you're going to come in just if you log on, if you go to petliferadio.com, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and you scroll down, and you'll see something that says join in on the conversation. What, that's what I want you to do. I want you to start typing away and join in on our conversation. What I want to know is this. I want to know what you think or when you've been faced with this situation, what you've done to help remedy the situation. What have you done to help ease the tension in your resident dog pre-introduction to the new entity coming to the house, be it another puppy, be it a kitty, be it a baby, be it a friend. So you're going to let us know, and then we're going to talk about what most likely you're doing wrong, or maybe you're going to surprise me. Maybe you're going to get it. But it's very important to know that most of us naturally are doing the wrong thing, and uh, we'll talk about that next week. Once again, I want to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products. I want to thank Jane for calling. Kong Toy, so Kona's going to get lucky. Kona's going to get a Kong Toy and a ProSense product. And we will be here next week, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon eastern time and uh, you can always get a hold of me here at dr jeff dr jeff at petliferadio.com during the week if you're shy embarrassed and you want to send me an email we'll get back to you and we'll read your email on the air see you next week let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other hosts or advertisers on the Pet Life Radio Network.